0: Good morning, gentlemen. It is great to see you guys again. Uh, The Lord is kind to us, even in this unique time, as Christopher so eloquently explained to us, it's unique to us, but not to the universe. Uh, Amen. Uh, Today, we're going to look at John chapter six, verses one through fifteen. So if you, since you have your copy of God's love letter to you, turn to John six and we will look at that. How many deer hunters we have in here? Deer hunters. Have you gotten anything yet? <laughs> gotcha. I don't make sausage, but I do make ground hamburger, ground deer. Oh, I haven't gone out yet. Yes, sir. I understand that. The, the world is busy. Russell, yes, sir. You safe, can you take your mask off? Thank you. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was going to. I forgot about that. It's I mean, it's, it's... Messing with the sound. Yes, sir. Thank you darling, for telling me, for reminding me. I appreciate that. OK, guys, uh, today we're going to look at John chapter six. We'll read that. But more than just expounding the text I really want you to walk along with me as I unpack it to help you understand how I study and maybe give you some insight into how you can study as well to better understand the scripture all right is that okay with you so in light of the explanation or or the the uh teaching of the word I want you to come along with me on this journey as we look at the text and then we'll unpack some things together i ask you some questions you answer we will kind of understand together what that what it looks like to study and understand and then make sense of the scripture okay John 6 let's look at it uh, I'm reading from the Bible Uh, New King James, New King James. John 6, chapter, I mean, John chapter 6, verse 1. It says, after these things, Jesus went to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude follow him. Tell me. Huh? Because they saw his signs, which he performed on who?" On those who were sick and Jesus went up on a mountain and there he sat and his with his disciples. Now, what? The Jewish Passover, Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to whom? Tell me. What did he say to Philip? Where Where shall we buy bread? that these may eat. But this he said, to what? To test him, for he himself knew what he, tell me. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may have, what? A A bite, a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, what? Oh, yes, sir. But, but, contrasting conjunction, what? What'd he say? How's this little bit going to feed so many, right? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place so that the men sat down in number about how many? And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had, tell me, Amen. given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. To who? To the disciples, and the disciples to those who were what? Amen. And likewise the fish as much as they wanted. So when they, had, so when they were filled, he said to his disciples, what did he say? why so that nothing may be lost therefore they gathered them up and filled how many baskets 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which had been left over by those who had eaten then those men when they had seen the sign that Jesus did said this truly is what the prophet who has come into the world okay when we look at this text right we see there are several things that we see we see first of all we see jesus right and then we see the disciples and then we see the the crowd that followed him Right, and then we see individual names. Right, so when we're looking at all of this, we're we're looking to discover things you taught in school: who, what, when, where, why, and how. Right. Well, and from an engineering I see numbers, so I see 5, men, Yes, sir. Probably 5, women, Yes, sir. And there's probably fifteen thousand Yes, sir. So you're looking at to thirty thousand. Yes, sir. To be fed. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. You're right. Right. Because they only numbered the men. Right. Right. So we're seeing all of these things and we're trying to discover who is talking, who Jesus is talking to. Right. And how it affects them as they hear the word of God. Okay, So when we think about studying the scripture, the reason why we have so much false teaching in the world today is because we have a man centered gospel. (laughs) Let me say that again. We have in America a man-centered gospel. In other words, preachers make you, make the, the, the people in the Bible the star of the scripture. But, but is, that, is, is that what John was doing here? No, no. What, what is John doing? John is elevating. John is revealing to these people who Jesus really is. Now, I can't tell you how many sermons I have heard on this lad. (laughs) The lad was present with Jesus, the lad's presentation to Jesus, right? And, And they make the Bible fit or appeal to the mind and the sinfulness of man. In other words, they say, hey, if you are like this lad, God can use you too. Well, that goes without saying, doesn't it? And we're going to see that in just a minute. But they make make their sermons man-centered. Why? Small-minded, right? They have a small view of God and they have a high view of man. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They don't have the right perception of who Jesus is. And if we're not careful, we get caught up into the same things because those kind of sermons appeal to the flesh. And therefore, we are not accountable to God or to the scripture as to how we are to live. Why? Because God loves me so much. How could he be angry with me? But the truth of the matter is that God is the star of every scripture. Now, God deigns to use men in his, in his perfect will, he decided to use sinful fallen men. But make no mistake about it, man is not the focus of the scripture. And if man is the focus of the scripture, it's the fact that he has fallen, he's been redeemed, and God still chooses to use him. All right, are you with me? So, so um, John, John, what is the purpose of John? John says this, these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his, what? name John twenty thirty one. that's the purpose of John John says listen I have one purpose my purpose John 20 31 look it up is to tell you who Jesus is and how you may have life in his name everything else John says he says is peripheral to this my main focus is so that you may know Jesus is the son of God and believing in him you have life Everlasting in his name, so the first thing when you 're studying a book uh, you, know, you know the part that you always skip you have the author, the date, the purpose, and then you have the the uh, the, the other things in there, the outline of the book don 't skip those things when you 're reading in in haste to get your bible reading done don 't you just blow past that part, but that part is really important, right because it sets the stage for what you are to look for in the scripture as a matter of fact before you begin reading any book you ought to read the preface why because it tells you a little bit about the author a little bit about the author's reason for writing and a little bit about what you ought to understand as you read the book okay so now what is john's purpose tell me where can we find that john 20 31 right so when john is writing these things he's writing for For a decision. In other words, he says, I no longer want you to set on the fence about who Jesus is. When I'm done, when you're done reading my writing, you will come to the conclusion, if Christ has done a work in your heart, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the true and the living God. He's equal with Him, okay? That's what John's moving toward. He's moving us toward a decision. And so John uses seven witnesses. Right. In this scripture, you'll see seven names that are mentioned and the conclusion that they came to. Right. The number seven, the number seven in in. In Jewish culture is the number of perfection. Right. He uses seven witnesses. There are seven signs. Right. And then there's seven. I am statements. Right. OK, so he uses the number seven and we'll see the five in just a minute. But here's what John John says. John brings seven witnesses to the stand to prove that Jesus was God. Number one, what do you say, John the Baptist? Here's what John the Baptist said. This is God's chosen one. John 134. What co- what is your conclusion, Nathaniel? You are the son of God. John 149. What do you know, Peter? You are the holy one of God John 6:69 6, What do you think Martha you are the Messiah the son of God John 11:27 What is your verdict Thomas remember Thomas my lord and my god John 20:28 20, What is your statement John he says Jesus is the Messiah the son of God John 20:31 What do you say of yourself Christ I am god's son right so seven witnesses in the book of john that teach us who christ is right so in john revealing those things he's sharing with us that we are to come to a decision so my question to you today for you to ponder if you have or you have not professed christ as lord what do you say of this jesus who is he to you Okay. Let's look. Let's look. Jesus is Lord over creation. This is what John is sharing with us in the passage that we read today. We'll look at this uh, verse by verse. But let me give you, uh, first of all, the the principles that we will draw. The Lord knows our condition, verses 5 through 9, right? Hopefully we get through all of them, maybe we won't. Uh, The second thing, the Lord provides for our needs, verses 10 through 11. Next, the Lord supplies more than enough, verses 12 through 13. Am I going too fast? No? Okay. The Lord knows that signs don't always lead to man's salvation. Give us a sign. Jesus said, no sign will be given you other than that. Right? People always want to see, to believe. Jesus said, "Believing, believe and you shall see. The gospel is different than everything else all right so those are the things we're going to look at uh, we'll take them verse by verse let's see uh, verse one before we get to that he says after these things jesus went over to the sea of galilee which was the sea of tiberias and then notice it says there was a great multitude that followed him why why were they following him again tell me because they saw the sign right so these people were following jesus because they saw the signs that he performed on the sick now that that's a that's a good reason isn't it because if i get covid i want to know that there is a doctor somewhere that can give me the right prescription to make me better am i right But did you notice that people often follow Jesus for the wrong reason? They want something. (laughs) That's a good word. (laughs) They want something for their physical needs. They're not following him because he is the Lord. He's their savior. They're following him for what they can get from him. Right? You see what we did there? We looked at the Scripture, and now we are extracting the truth of what it says. Because John tells us there was a great multitude following him, but then he tells us why they were following him. Because of the signs they saw him perform on the sick. And then look at uh, verse 3. And when Jesus went up on a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples... Now, the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Okay, so this is perfect timing. Jesus is, uh, has drawn this large crowd, but the Passover is nearby, right? What, what, what is the Passover? Do we know? We know what the Passover is? It's from the time of Moses when uh, all the firstborn of Egypt were killed. That's right. That's right, right? So what did they do that night, right? What, what, what did Moses tell them? Hey, look, bake bread, but don't put any yeast in it, right? And so the Passover feast was their remembrance of the time that God passed over the Israelites and he judged Egypt. Right. The firstborn of Egypt. And they were in such a haste to leave out of Egypt from under Pharaoh's hand that he said, hey, look, don't when you bake the bread, don't put any yeast, eat the bread and get ready to roll. Right. Let's roll and get out of here. Right. And so now the Passover feast is near. So it's not only about food. It's about the firstborn. And it's about it's about God choosing a people and passing over them. Right. And judging another nation. So notice the Passover is there. So it's, it's, it's about to be a feast. Right. But the people are on a far mountainside with Jesus. So they're not close to the city. They followed him there. And guess what? People get hungry. Right. And so Jesus looking at them. Here's our first point. The Lord knows our condition. Look at verse five. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, lifted up his eyes where to see the people, right? To see them. And seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to who? Philip, where shall we buy bread? Notice that the Lord knows our condition. These people followed him because of what they saw him do on the sick, but he has compassion on them, and he desires to feed them. Now, this is not the felt need church. Don't get me wrong here. Jesus' compassion for the people is this. He always, always, always a look, a word, or a touch. Think about that in this society. When you've not been able to meet face-to-face with family, with friends, right? How, how do you feel not having been able to look your mother in the eye, your father in the eye, to give him a hug, to touch him, right? You feel indifferent because we're social creatures, right? We need those things from others. And Jesus being God has compassion for these people. Yeah, they followed me for the wrong reason, but they're hungry. So he wants to meet their needs, not so they'll follow him any further, but he understands that even though they came for the wrong reason, they need to be fed. fed, Amen. Amen. It's hard to listen when you're hungry, right? And so Jesus, before they come to the conclusion that, hey, we're hungry, Jesus sees them right where they are. He knows our condition. He knows these people did not believe that he was the son of God, that he was the savior. They've accepted him as the Christ, but nevertheless, he chooses to feed them. He knows our condition. Do you see that? You see where we got that from? So just for us in this room, Jesus knows your condition. He knows right where you are. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows where you need help the most. The only thing that he needs is for you to come to him so that you can have your needs met. See, hunger is a physical condition. But don't we have spiritual hunger as well? Especially in these times when we really haven't had close connection with, church community as we would like why why we need those connections because christ knows that we are spiritual creatures that live in a body you do know you're a spiritual being right first and foremost you're a spirit that possesses a body but the physical needs of the body have to be met Okay, so he knows your condition. He knows where you are. Then look at verse uh, 10. Look at verse 10. No, I'm sorry. We skipped verse 6. But this he said uh, to Philip to test him, right? So, in other words, Jesus with his disciples understands that his disciples are following him. I'm talking about the 12 now, but he spoke specifically to who? To Philip, right? And he said, what, Philip, where can we buy bread to test him? Wh- why? why did he do that? Why do you think he did that? Yes, sir. Raising awareness of the need, but also to see if Philip recognized that, hey, you're God. We don't have to buy bread. <laughs> you can, what, tell me, you can, what did he do in the wilderness? Well, you, can just you can speak it. You can create it. You're the God of creation. You can create it. So he engages Philip. And Philip, being the rational guy that he is, he says, Lord, even if we had 200 denarii in the treasury, which they probably didn't because Judas probably stole it, he said, we don't have, that wouldn't be enough to buy bread for everybody to have a bite. Then notice what Andrew says. Andrew says, well, I found a lad over here. You know, he comes with a solution. Not, not a good one, but it's pretty good off the top of his head, right? There's a lad here who has, tell me, what does he have? Five loaves and two fish. Five, and two, fish. Five and two are what? Seven, right? So he tells him, hey, but Jesus, what, how far can this go among so many? At least he has an idea. And then what we see next is Jesus said, okay, have them to what? Sit down, sit down, organize them. Let's get order. No chaos. Let's get order. When he sits them down, he takes the fish and the loaves from the lad and he says he what? He He gave thanks, which is why we pray before our meal. You do know that, right? We give thanks to God for his provision. Right. And so prior to him dividing the fish, he thanks the father and then the father multiplies the fish so that it feeds the crowd. Isn't that good stuff? He gave thanks beforehand. Often tell people. When I disciple them, hey listen, when you pray for something from God, thank God in advance for what he is going to do, whether he answers it the way you want to or not, because it's exactly what you need. It wasn't a rocky there was plenty of grass. Pasture. pasture. People that's right. That's right, there, and it says that plenty of grass, and then we'll see they had plenty left over in the end, right? So God is always aware of our condition. Okay, do do you see how we're doing this? Are you following me? Is it simple? Am I going too fast? Okay, all right. So we're just looking at the text. And we're drawing from the text the things that it tells us because it answers the question. you got to ask questions of the text. Okay, so the Lord knows our condition. Then notice in verse in verse 10, the Lord provides for our needs. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. If he's the good shepherd, he knows where to lead the sheep. Right. So the men sat down in number about how many? Five thousand 5, men right plus women plus children right because it says a crowd was following him not just the men but the women were there too people were following him to see what he would do right so he provides for our needs in other words jesus knows what we need even before tell me we need it, we need it or we ask Remember, uh, Moses said of God, "You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our Provider." The word "pro" means beforehand. "Vide" means to see. Jesus sees beforehand. Why? Because He's God. He knows what we need before we need it or before we ask. Exactly. And sometimes we get those things confused, don't we? Lord, I want this. And he says, no, 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 you need this. And then we're angry with God for not giving us what we want rather than thanking God for giving us what we need. That's right. Amen. Garth Brooks wrote a song, didn't he? Thank God for unanswered prayer. But at the time, you don't know to thank him for that. But the truth of the matter is, God gives us what we, tell me, need. And then in some cases, we get some of the things that we want. Do you think God doesn't know that you need a job? That you need whatever your need is at the moment? Do you think he doesn't know? No, 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 maybe he knows, but he doesn't care. Is that it? Maybe he knows and he cares, but there's nothing he can do about it. Maybe he's allowing you to go through what you're going through. He sees, he knows, he cares. There's something he can do about it, but he's trying to teach you to trust him. How do you like that? It's warm now. It was cold earlier. So he's teaching us that he knows how to provide for our needs. Okay, so if he knows that, he can do something about it. Why do we have a hard time trusting him in those times? Our mind so is so His is so exactly we put more stock and interest in this right which is what we said in the beginning a man-centered gospel in other words god is supposed to give me everything i want i'm not supposed to do what he asks. he's supposed to do what tell me is that backwards yes. but that's what the gospel is here in america that if you ask god and you believe he'll give you anything you ask and they leave out the last part according to his not mine but whose his His will. will that's exactly right yeah and so we have ever so slightly been skewed to the left to think that God is supposed to answer our every whim and prayer. We will, may not be our, our That's right. What we want. According to his will. For his purpose. To his ultimate glory. I know that's hard. Yeah, the, the part of it, Russell, that's, that's jacked up is that the the pain there's also the potential that God's will for you to struggle and go through what you're going through really has potentially nothing for you individually to learn through it. Amen. Like maybe for someone else benefit. Yes, sir. And that really sticks. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I remember when Christopher was not at a church, and what he did—now, I can't tell you the internal struggles he had. We had some conversations. He manned up, and he looked like he was doing well, but I watched him walk the journey with Christ, trusting him. Hey, I'm not serving at a church. He did other jobs to provide for his family, and he thanked God for that opportunity. And then I watched God—how long was it, Christopher? Three years later, bless him with this position here at First Burleson. I think he blessed us. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> but but I'm just telling you that those things, as, I wa- as a man and a friend of his, watching him walk through that journey, we met several times, had breakfast, talked about it. Oh, I'm doing good doing this he enjoyed the place that he was in even though it wasn't the place that he wanted to be how many of us can say that if god puts you on a journey that's really not conducive to your liking <laughs> amen i can tell you i was supposed
1: to be, supposed to, be
0: according to me yeah Your accent betrays you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Your life is not necessarily will go according to your plan because God knows what you need and he also knows how to provide for it. If you trust him. Right then if things, if things don't go right, you can blame him. But if you write your own story, chart your own path, then you have nobody to blame but you. That's what he said. I've learned. He didn't say, I started out that way. I've learned to be content. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Lord provides for our needs. Notice the Lord supplies more than enough. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given things, he distributed them, that's verse 11, to the disciples and the disciples to those who were sitting down and likewise the fish and they ate as much as they wanted. Look at verse 12. So when they were filled, in other words, when they ate to the full, he he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Look at verse 13. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the barley loaves, which were left by those who had eaten. How many baskets, sir? Guess how many disciples there were? Everybody took a basket. More than. Not only did they eat, not only did he feed the crowd. Till they got full, not only the disciples and Jesus partake in the meal with them, notice that he gave every disciple a basket to take home to the family. Why, why, why 12 baskets? 12 disciples. What are you going to do with 12 baskets when everybody's already full? Well, they had families back home and they were here with him. So he sent them home with a gift basket, if you will. Jesus knows what we need, and he provides more than, tell me, enough. He makes sure that he provides for whatever you need. Now, if they had 12 baskets and they had uh, large or small families, would it last them a lifetime? No. Why? Because he provides for our needs, how? Day, thank you, Daily. So you don't have as much money as you would like, but is God providing for your needs at the moment? You don't have the job that you necessarily would want. You're more valuable than what they pay you in your estimation. But is it providing for your family's needs on a daily basis? Yeah. Yeah. It's more than enough to provide for your needs, the job you have. Now, it may not get you everything you want, but it provides for everything that you tell me. Yeah. You want a new pickup. <laughs> you want a new firearm. You want, but your needs are met. Food, shelter, clothing, that's what he promises. And didn't necessarily say steak. He said food. Didn't necessarily say a mansion. He said shelter. Didn't necessarily say name brand clothes. He said clothing. I think he said that in the book of leave it to us. <laughs> leave it to us to figure out what we need, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right brother. Okay. I'll give you the last point. The Lord knows that signs don't always lead to salvation. Look at verses 14 and 15 in your own time and you'll see why that is. Right. Just because he manifests a sign doesn't mean people are going to believe. So my question to you today, what are you going to do with Jesus? How will you choose to see him? love him, and worship him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have had to set at your feet to receive from you the very words of life. Lord, we know that except you speak to our hearts, we shall not live. So, Lord, as we have looked at John, I pray that these things have become uh, alive in these men's heart. If there's anyone here who has not uh, come to know Christ in the pardon of their sins, would you give them no rest until they come crying to you what must I do to be saved Lord we thank you for your salvation of us and we pray that we would uh, share the gospel with others so that they too may come to know you in the pardon of their sin Lord we give you we give your name glory honor and praise in Jesus mighty name amen